0: Horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty, how silver! The Lone Ranger. Thank you. Come on, Silver! Hurry, big fellow! I'm Silver! Hurry! Ever since he could remember, young Jim Farlow had been fighting his father's battles. And now, after 14 years, his dad was coming home. Coming back to face the cold, unfriendly town that had sent him to prison. Oh! oh. Young Jim watched the passengers as they clambered from the stage. The last man to step out was gaunt and haggard. His jaded blue-gray suit of clothes left no doubt in the minds of onlookers as to their origin. Don't tell me that's Dewey Farlow. That's what's left of him. Looks bad, don't he? They sure take it out of him in prison. The eyes of the man in the blue-gray suit of clothes swept over the small crowd until they met those of young Jim. For a brief moment, they softened in recognition. Aroused, about rushed up to take the gaunt man's bag. Young Jim brushed him aside. Here, I'll take that bag. Hello, Dad. Jim, it's almighty good to
1: see you, son. Come on, I got a room fixed up for you at the hotel. Wait, I'd uh, I'd like to go see her grave, Jim. All right, Dad. I knew you would. I had some fresh flowers made up this morning. We can stop and get them on the way. Every night I
2: prayed for you, Mother. Jim tells me he always had faith in me. I'm back, Mother. And I'll do what I can to prove you was right. I.
1: God bless you, darling. Come on, Had. We'll see if we can prove it together.
0: that day, Dewey Farlow called on Bronk Faber, the one man in Center City who'd remained loyal to him during the long years spent in prison. Young Jim was with his dad.
3: Dewey, old man, what you need is some good outdoor exercise, fresh air, plenty of good grub. You'll be a new man. Yes, I guess you're right, bro. Hey, you won't get it hanging around a town like Center City. You ought to get out in the open, say, on a cattle range or maybe mining. Uh, you and Jim decided what you want to do? Well, I sort of had a notion to get the kid here and move
2: on. But Jim wants to stick right here.
3: Got your mind set on that, huh, kid?
1: No sense running away from things, Bronk. Someday this town is going to get down on its knees and apologize for what it did to my father. When that happens, I want to be here to watch.
3: Hmm. Yeah, here, you take this, and if you need nowhere... no way, Bronk. Me and the kid will make out all right. There's $500. I ain't giving it to you. It's more like a loan. You pay it back when you're ready. And meanwhile, there's something you better know. Eh? There's a stranger in town. Calls himself Tom Brackley. He's been hanging around three or four days now. What about him? Well, I happen to know he's a government detective, do he? You see, there was about $40,000 from that bank robbery that never was found.
1: You mean to so say they that... Figure they figure
3: I'm going to make a beeline for a hideout
2: someplace and show them where the money is. That it... Well, you can put two and two together. I just thought I'd tell you. Much obliged. Come on, Jim. Better be getting over to the hotel. Thanks for the gripstick, stick, Blanc. I
3: wasn't expecting anything like that. Well, that's what friends are for to help each other when they need it.
2: Adios, amigo.
3: You take care of yourself and keep in touch with me, you hear? All right, Rance, come on out. Looks like you got things lined up pretty good, Bronk. I was hoping they'd pull out for good, but... Well, if they're going to stay on in Center City, there's only one thing to be done. I'm wondering what Dewey Follow would say if he knew that his great, big-hearted friend, Bronk Faber, done the job that sent him to prison. That's a chance we ain't going to take. First, I never thought he'd come out of that prison alive, but he fooled us. He ain't too much alive at that. Well, too much to suit me. I want you to get busy. You can drop a couple of hints around the street that this fellow Brakeley is a government man, See? Let it be known, Dewey Farlow knows it, see? Yeah, sure, I get it. Then if something should happen to Mr. Brackley... Well, there ain't no if about it. Something's gonna happen. And then Dewey Farlow ain't gonna be around no more. Then you clear out of here and get busy.
0: Hey, Sheriff,
1: you better come quick. Oh. What's wrong, Slim? Well, maybe you heard about Dewey Farlow and this Brackley gent. The way they've been keeping an eye on each other the past few days. Of course I did. Fact is, I've been keeping an eye on both of them myself. Well, you better get over to the hotel right pronto. Dewey was just in the lobby a minute ago, asking what room he could find Brackley in, see? Well, the clerk told him, then told me to hot-foot it over here and get you.
2: Come on, we'll take a (laughs) look-see.
0: Get, oh, easy now. Old Get
4: your horses back off the trail. Hurry, Dan. Yes, sir. Come on,
0: Victor. Come, Scout. Here, Silver. Easy, boy. Rider to come plenty fast. That's an awful crowd chasing him, whoever he is. Do you suppose he's an outlaw?
4: Hard to tell what the man is running from. One thing is certain. Those men chasing him are part of a lynch mob, if I ever saw one.
0: What do you do, King Miss uh,
4: He's a young fellow, hardly more than a boy. Quickly, Tonto, back here. When he hits the bend in the trail, I'll take him from the saddle. you see that his horse keeps going? Ah, uh, we have to be plenty fast. Posse not far behind. That horse is scared enough. You will keep going. By the time they find their mistake, we'll have the boy away from here. Here he comes.
1: Come on, Silver. Al, hey. i got him, Toto. Hey, Get out there, get out there. Boy. Let me go, you sneaking
4: sidewinder. Hurry, Tato. Back out of sight and be hey. quick. Over, Silver. <laughs> Teddy Silver, Teddy boy. There you are. Oh. Just who in the places are
1: you? Where do you stand in this game? We're not certain just yet.
4: If you've done nothing wrong, we're on your
1: side. You are, huh? Well, I just killed the man that needed killing, see? I've got my own ideas about what's right and what's wrong. As
4: soon as that trail straightens out up ahead, those men will
1: discover their mistake, and they'll be coming
4: back. Come on, my horse will carry double. We'll get you out of here, and then listen to what you have to say. Yeah?
1: Why should I say anything to you? Why should I go making a powwow with a bunch of outlaws?
4: Because we've just saved your neck from a lynch mob. We don't intend to see you lynched or shot down until we know the reason. Now hurry, give me your hand.
1: All right. There you are. Play your game for now. But don't be getting any ideas about me joining up with no owl hooter, see? That's because... Tell us your story later. Come Silver.
0: Get him out, get At the Lone Ranger's camp, far back in the secluded foothills, the masked man and his friends listened to the grim story of young Jimmy Farlow. Fourteen years they had him in prison,
1: for something he never did. Then when he came home, they sent this detective to spy on now, him. Just a
4: moment, Jim. Why do you say your father was in prison for a crime he never committed?
1: Why? Yes. I'll tell you why, Mr. Outlaw. Because my dad told me he never robbed that bank, see? And he wouldn't lie. You being a masked man riding the back trails, maybe you don't savvy much about truth.
4: Maybe I do, Jim. Maybe I understand a great deal about truth and honor.
1: (laughs) Sure, I'll bet. Well, anyway, Dad and I talked it over. He figured if he was to have any peace at all, he would better go have a talk with this government man. So we went down to the hotel to see the fellow. Next thing I knew, there was a lot of talk about Dad killing this fellow and lighting out of town.
4: You said you had killed a
1: man. I killed a sneaking lion buzzard by the name of Rance Tolan. He was stirring up a lynch mob to get my dad. Called my father some pretty mean things. I called him a rotten liar and he pulled a gun on me. You won't tell any more lies. And then the posse tried to get you. Is that it? Yeah, I just barely made it out of town. It's difficult to shoot
4: straight from the back of a charging horse. Sooner or later, that posse would have gotten you.
1: I know. Why, well, I guess I'd better say thanks for what you did.
4: Jim, do you think your father killed that detective?
1: I... I don't know. I know he went over there to see the man. Oh. How did your father happen to know this man Brackley was in town? Bronk Faber tipped us off. Faber? He's about the only friend we have in Center City. As soon as Dad got back, he staked him to $500 to make a fresh start.
4: Oh, I see. Dan, would you like to do something for Jim?
1: Sure I would. I'll do anything I can to help him and his father.
4: Then ride into Center City and get what information you can. And there'll be small groups of men here and there talking about the search for Jim and his dad. Just listen and learn what you can.
1: Yes, sir. I'll try to be back here early this
4: evening. No, Dan. Wait for Tonto. He'll
1: meet you in the village later. All right. <coughs> Get now, uh, get. tell me about this man Faber, Jim. Nothing much to tell. He's just been a good friend of ours for a long time. Of course, the whole town turned against my family when Dad went to prison. But Bronk always stuck by Mom and me. And a couple of years after the robbery, Mom passed away. Oh. And then? Well, I used to get in trouble, fist fights and stuff. Bronk was always helping me out of scrapes like that. Lately, since Dad knew he was getting out, Dad and Bronk rode each other a lot. Bronk wanted us both to go someplace where we weren't known. He was going to stake us to a fresh start.
4: How does it happen you stayed in Center City?
1: When Dad told me he wasn't guilty of that crime, I decided then and there to spend the rest of my life in Center City until I found out the truth. And That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Toto. uh I'm sending you to Center City with a message. Ah. Uh, a who message for?
4: For this man, Faber, that Jim has been telling us about. Here, I'll wrap it around this silver bullet. You see that Faber gets it. Give him directions how to find our camp. Tell him uh, Jim wants to see him. Ah, me tell him. And you and Dan wait in town. We'll try to meet you there later. Just a minute.
1: How come you wrap that note around a silver bullet? Only one man in the country uses... Hey, you've been calling this Indian Tonto. Why, you're the Lone Ranger.
4: Tonto, be sure that no one but Mr. Faber sees that message.
0: Ah, get him up, scout. (laughs) a few hours later in center city Bronk favor was speaking to a group of hard-faced men in his office now listen to me this is the greatest piece of luck we ever had
3: i just found out where the kid is doey's boy the one killed rand he's hidden up in the hills with the gent you all heard about yeah here's a note i get Here's a silver bullet that was inside the notes. Silver bullet? Sure. Yeah, He's teamed up with the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many of you Jaspers want to take a shot at that masked man? No well,
0: that's
3: what I figured. There. Come on, let's get started.
0: The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes. Please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now, to continue our story. In the Lone Rangers camp, the masked men had listened to the story of Jim Farlow concerning his father, Dewey Farlow, and their mutual friend, Bronk Favor. Then Tonto had been sent to Center City with the Lone Ranger's message to Faber. I guess I'm a pretty lucky fella after all, even though I
1: am up to my ears in trouble. How do you mean, Jim? Well, not many folks can have friends like I got. With you and Bronk Faber helping, I'm beginning to hope that things will turn out all right for Dad and me after all.
4: I hope we have a chance to justify the splendid faith you've shown all these years in your dad. Now, right, let's get busy. Give me a hand to pack these things. We're moving.
1: Moving? But what about... You sent your friend, Tano. told him to send Brock Faber out here. We were supposed to wait and see him.
4: Yes, I know. And if your friend Faber shows up alone, we'll meet him here.
1: If he shows up alone? But why shouldn't he? You don't think he'll tell somebody else about this place, do you?
4: Jim, I spent a number of years on the trail. in Fighting crime and lawlessness along the frontier. I've made many, many good friends. Also, I've made a lot of enemies.
1: Sure, I can understand that.
4: Then you can understand why I never take chances on an ambush if I can help it. Here, help me gather these things. We're going to move well back in the brush. and we'll go to a place where we can watch this campsite. If your friend shows up alone, we'll come down and talk with him.
0: For an hour or more, the, the Lone Ranger and young Jimmy Farlow lay up on the sheltered rim rock, watching the trail. They heard riders approaching... Then move to a hidden position from which they could watch the campsite.
1: Don't you think we've been waiting here long enough? The riders won't come near your camp. Quiet. No, they're not coming as riders. But look to your left, back in the brush there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't see a doggone thing. Hey, there's somebody crawling up through the brush. Two or three of them. Be quiet now. Not a word. Just be still and watch. You Quiet. What's to be quiet about anymore? You are eyes to see they're both gone? No, no, they... They've spent the best part of an hour sneaking up on the place, they're gone. Well, might better call the boys together and see what we're
0: going to do. Hey, there! Yeah, huh? hey. right, what do you want? Come on out, the place is deserted.
3: Oh, Come on, Drog, what are you afraid of? What do you mean, Slim? What makes you think I'm afraid, huh? Oh, shucks, you're out of this bunch to smoke out young Farlow and the Lone Ranger and then act like you're afraid to show your skin. Then it's just that me and Farlow are supposed to be friends. In case anything was wrong well i didn't want the kid to know i brought you fellas out here well, dirty double do, crossing phone Cap. i got a good motion
4: easy. easy jim and be quiet Don't make a move
3: good enough to track down that furlough kid by himself but if he's riding with the lone ranger you got as much chance of trailing a horsefly yeah, now right. Right. come on we're wasting time let's get back to town well, no, what that kid and his old man are hiding back in these hills somewhere and sooner or later one or both of them is going to try to get to see me We'll get them in. You're sure going out of your way to take care of your friends, ain't you, Brian? Never mind smart remarks. Just do what you're told. Well, come on. We'll get back to the horses. They used to be my friends, see? But they're both killers. Both dangerous. Let them run around killing folks.
1: Well, Jim? I... I don't know what to say. Faber, he brought those men out here to your camp. They were going to try and... Their intentions were plain enough, I think. And so was
4: Faber's friendship for you and your father.
1: But why... Why would our best friend turn against us at a time like this? Perhaps he hasn't just recently
4: turned against you. It might be that Faber has never been a true friend of yours.
1: I can't believe that. He's done too many things for Dad and me in the past.
4: There's this consolation, Jim. As long as Faber doesn't know that you've found out his real
1: colors, you're holding most of the aces. A dirty, lying sneak. Do you know where your father is hiding? You didn't tell me before. I didn't know you were the Lone Ranger before, either. Come on. There's a shack up in the hills about a mile from here. It might be there. City, Silver.
4: Give me your hand, I'll help you up.
1: Thanks. Tonight I'm going to Center City. Reckon I gotta have a little talk with my good friend, Mr. Faber. Come on, Silver.
4: That's a place. That's where I was heading for when you stopped me. You never have made it, Jim. Not with that posse throwing that at you as they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Silly, big fella. Looks
1: like I guessed wrong. He's
4: not here. You didn't guess wrong, Jim. He's up above hiding in the loft.
1: Huh? What how can you tell?
4: The dust is still settling to the floor. Evidently, your dad didn't want to make his presence known until he found out with whom you were traveling. Well, I'll be...
1: Dad? You up there? If you're up there, Dad, it's all right to come down. This fellow with me is alone. Look out. Oh!
4: You up there. Go down that gun and be quick about it. I'll start down that ladder. And don't make any mistakes. I'm hurt. you plugged plug me.
1: Jim, are you hurt? No, not much. Just clipped my side. If you hadn't given yeah, me a I push... I that a... gun barrel up there just in time.
4: I should have plugged you first.
2: Not very smart. I'm shooting at Jim first. But the Lone Ranger here.
4: Oh, who are you?
1: I was here with the sheriff's posse. The sheriff left me to wait for Jim. Figured he'd show up sooner or later. What about my dad? What happened? The sheriff got him. He started for town about an hour ago. That mob with Bronk Faber. They'll take Dad away from the sheriff. lynch him, they'll No, get they him.
4: won't, Jim. Not if I can help it. Here, take this man's gun and keep an eye on him starting for town on foot but hey i can't walk i'm wounded you've got a bullet in your arm try walking on your feet hey
1: what are you gonna do
3: come on
2: If I told you a dozen times I never shot that government filly. Then what'd you light out for? You don't talk sense. Fourteen years ago, I might have tried talking sense. Right.
3: Oh, you men down there, unbuckle your guns and let them drop
4: to the ground. He's
3: up in them rocks. Hurry, I can shoot closer if
4: necessary. Uh, General, you and your prisoners stand fast. The rest of you... Get up, boy! Get up there! Now, both of you, turn your horses back the way you came and start moving. I'll
2: catch up with you. Who's your partner, Dewey? He pulled that off pretty slick. I haven't the slightest idea who he is, what he's up to.
3: You expect me to believe that?
4: Oh, Silver, oh boy. Easy, pull
3: down. So you don't know him, Dewey? Him wearing a mask. Farlow never saw
4: me before. And just what game are you playing? I might be playing your game. You'll find out soon enough. Dewey, I just left your boy, Jim, back up the trail a little while ago. Is he all right, mister? Yes. Though so he came near being murdered by a lynch mob. The sheriff said Jim killed a man. Not too much of a man. The fellow had called you some hard names. When Jim asked him to apologize, he went for his gun. Jim shot him in self-defense. I'm sure glad to get that straight. What about that lynch mob? It was led by a man named... Bronk Faber. Oh, Faber,
2: now, mister, you're talking plum loco. Faber's the best friend I got.
4: Then you better watch your back when your best friend is around. Come on, we'll meet Jim on the trail and he can tell you the story. Perhaps you believe him. Sheriff, you lead the way. Get up. Get Come up, on, get up. over there.
0: That night, after many unaccustomed hours in the saddle, Bronk favor turned wearily up the walk to the well-furnished home he shared with his wife.
3: Sure can't hit the trail like he used to. Getting too old, I guess. Uh, uh, who's
2: there? It's me, Bronk.
3: Dewey. Dewey. What are you doing here?
2: Sure is a nice place you got here, Bronk. Sure is nice. Yeah, yeah, Right after I went to prison, Jim wrote and said how well you was doing. How you had bought out the freight company and the hotel and pretty soon you just about owned the town. Just what are you driving at, Farlow? Me? Shucks, I was just thinking out loud, Bronk. Just thinking what a plum lucky gent you always been. You sure busted flat in a pancake when I left here 14 years ago. And inside, six months after I left, you save up $40,000,
3: $50,000. <laughs> so after 14 years, it finally soaks through your thick head, does it? And then you got the gall to come here not even packing again. You're just plain stupid, Philo. Yeah.
2: Reckon you're right, Bronk. So it was you who pulled that bank job, eh? My good friend, Bronk Faber. Well, just shows that a man ought to think with his head sometimes instead of his heart. But, hell, what are you putting a gun on me for?
3: There's a nice fat little reward out for your hide. Reckon I can use it. Later, when that sniveling kid of yours shows up around here, I'll take care of him. Bronk, I,
2: I guess it don't make no difference now, but tell me... Who killed that government detective Brackley?
3: <laughs> I done that for you, old pal. Now you see, if you just left town, all this wouldn't have been necessary. But well, now that you know what you know Now <laughs> what the police Oh, you'll excuse
4: the way I removed that gun from your hand, Faber. Sheriff, have you heard enough? I've heard plenty, Master. Yes, man.
2: sir, broke. Now that I know what I know, I reckon things will be some different. Hey, you tricked me. Them fellas was hiding in the next room all the time. Uh And you sure do talk when you figure on winding up with some one-way shooting for punctuation. Sheriff, you better get this dog out of my sight before I take a club and go to work on him.
3: All right, Faber. Come on. After all these years, Dewey, you found out, eh? Go on, Sheriff. I'm with you. Go on. Get along. Someday, mister, me
4: and Jim might be able to pay you back. That's right, Dad. We'll never forget what you've done for us. Don't thank me, Mr. Farlow. Thank Jim here and yourself. Eh? Yeah. When a boy shows as much love and loyalty for his father as Jim has shown for you, there must be something very fine about both of you. You've proved yourself to be a man among men. And Jim, well, even when the whole world was against you, Jim was still proud to call you his dad.
2: Jim, boy. He- you reckon your mom heard what he
1: said? A man among men. Yes, Dad. I reckon Mom's been waiting a long time to hear that. And if she were here, she'd be telling you how proud she is. So am I, Dad.
0: We'll <laughs> see